Hello and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. I'm Joe Fitz. It's a bye week for all supercoaches as we get some time off to reacquaint ourselves with friends and family for a week until we're forced to confront just how badly we've managed our trades this season. Here to help us chart a course through the back half of the year is a man whose overall ranking almost matches the amount of cash he won in 2016. It's Wilf. What's happening, mate? Oh gosh, that that hurts. I mean, it's it's a very backhanded compliment, isn't it? It's give me some credit for winning one year and then... I give with one back. hand, I take with the other, mate. Down to 20K. How'd you score on the weekend? Not very well. 12.98. So I'm about 1,300 or so points off the top 1,000. So it's getting tougher and tougher, but I, I definitely am not giving up. But I was pretty, um, you know, I was just so down about my score last, last, last round. I was just thinking, I, w- I looked back and I just tried to work out you know, where it all went wrong. And I'm looking at my team going, it's actually not that bad. I don't have turbo. That's pretty much the biggest issue. And I was way too hopeful and patient and, you know, maybe in La La Land about Ryan Pappenhausen coming back sooner rather than later. So, yeah, I worked out basically I've only made about three or four critical errors and they've cost me roughly 900 points. So without that, I'd be sitting around where you and Guy actually are. Well, uh, Guy is well ahead of me now. 1775, a huge week. Um, 140th overall for the round puts him up around 3,500. Uh, sorry, 1422 for me uh, drops me about 1,200 spots into the 4,000s. But uh, joining us tonight's a special guest. Some say his Daily Telegraph contract guarantees him a brand new black sports jacket every week and special access to the stats database to assign unicorn points to his favourite players. But we know him as the guru of Supercoach. It's Tom Sangster. How are you, mate? Very well, guys. Thanks for having me on. I've been a regular listener for a while, actually, and I come to you guys for all my manscaping needs. Yes, you do. Uh, you'll get to hear about it a bit later. But, mate, you've always kept that beard in uh, in pretty good condition, but I guess it's not the beard that you get the manscaped for. No, definitely not. But let's, <laughs> let's, let's not go down that low. Fair enough, buddy. How are you going this season? Uh, oh, look, not too bad given how um, – t- like, I mean, it's been a tough season with Volandis changing the rules. Um, we've got the concussion protocols to deal with uh, on top of the in- increased speed of the game. So it's been tough to predict. I'm in, I'm in the 5,000s at the moment, which is – look, it's hardly brilliant, but given the circumstances, I'm saying it's half respectable. Yeah, it used to be, and I've said this in previous podcasts, that um, you know, if you get a captaincy uh, pick wrong in one given week, you know, it used to be kind of 30, 40 points you might be down, but, I mean, this year you could be out 150. Um, it's really just uh, swings and roundabouts, isn't it? 100%. I mean, exactly what happened with Turbo last weekend. Um, I have been trying to avoid Cleary as captaincy most weeks and trying to go with a pod and that's you know that's obviously backfired as well but every now and again you'll come out good with someone like tommy turbo yeah for sure mate uh wilf tell us how our champs are traveling so uh mj coach with the 4020s who was sitting pretty in the 11th spot last week he uh unbelievably scored 1499 and managed to drop to 45th overall which is just insanity like 
in the past, you scored 1500, you were looking at green arrows, no matter where you were. And I mean, just to put it in context, like guys, 1775 was only 140th, you know, just this time, this last year, I think that was pretty much the record. Like it was around there. So it's just a absolute testament to how crazy this season is. So yeah, MJ's down to 45th and we've got another champ who's uh, snuck up after a big, I think he scored about 1670 or something like that. So that's Fong, coach of Munster Inc. So very similar to Guy's team name, but he's up to 74. So those two guys are pacing the champs at the moment. A quick shout out to, we've got a new highest champions league that's the champions 20 team head-to-head league number two they've snuck up to 19th overall so i think for a head-to-head league with 20 players in it to be doing that well i think it's pretty good and uh as always turbo's hammies cup the podcaster league sitting in, in ninth rank overall and yeah I'm, I'm 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 sick of giving updates on this one you can take it joe Oh, not too much to update, Wilf. I think he's sitting in 18th. Um, I beat Timmy Williams like a drum uh, on the weekend, so I'm in the top half and, and looking good to uh, to hold up the Supercoach champs end of uh, of things, mate. But, yes, yeah, super competitive league and uh, some good banter, so very interesting. Absolutely. So, look, speaking of good banter, do you want to tell us about our sponsor? Sure thing, mate. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped's here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology, your snags on your snowballs will be reduced. The trimmer is also waterproof, so you can trim in the shower or the jacuzzi if you're a savage. Manscaped's performance package is the best buy of 2021. The performance package comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag. Might as well use the best tools for the job. The bundle also comes with a Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant that'll make your balls smell nice and make you feel like your testes are walking in a winter wonderland. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that'll make your balls look up at you and say thanks. So don't get cold feet this winter. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CHAMPIONS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code CHAMPIONS. Thanks, Manscaped, for making our winter wieners look so good. If you are what you say you are, a superstar, then have no fear, the camera's here. Alrighty, Will, so I usually play this a bit later in the podcast, uh, our Swish SC Star of the Week, and I was really uh, thinking that I came off with a really good pick with Cody Walker. I tipped 137 and Cody tunned up for the first time this year with 110. You went Nico Hines, 84, so I had you covered. And then lo and behold, Bears tip of turbo smashed us uh, with the third highest score of all time. So his 208 extends his lead. He's won eight weeks. I've won five and you've won two. Um, How did some of our predictors go? Yeah, so we had a very, very close guess from at Lips and Bums who guessed Turbo for 210 points. So uh, I think uh, this is the second time they've won. So congratulations to them for taking out this this round's uh, Swish competition. Um, look, to be honest, I think you know the fact that Bear got to pick first last week is the reason he took it out. I was dead set going to pick Turbo, but yeah, obviously he got away with that one. I think it's a tougher round for me to try to guess who's going to top score this week. Obviously, I've gone the worst. 
So I will, you know what? I'm just going to play it really safe. Turbo again, playing the Bulldogs. I'm just going to gamble on him backing up. So if he doesn't back up, then, you know, I guess my prediction will be off yet again. But yeah, Turbo for 170 against the Bulldogs. Wow, you really uh, stretched yourself there, Wilf, going out on a limb. Um, I will say that Roger Tuivasa-Shek is going to absolutely tear the Dragons a new one, like my Bulldogs did on the weekend, to the tune of 140 points. Um, sorry to bring up that memory, Tom. Do you have a <laughs> prediction on who uh, might go really large this week? Look, first of all, I'm not liking how you're talking about my Dragons, given that we are in seventh position on the ladder and in the top eight so far. I do like your call on RTS, though. Him probably back at fullback would be good for him. I'm targeting the West Tigers v South's game. I think South's the guy right here. So I'm going to go to Cody Walker. He's looking pretty good. Yeah, he's really uh, stepped it up a little bit partially. You know, likes to take that command of that left side um, when Latrell's, you know, either backing up or or is out. So, yeah, I think Cody, assuming Latrell doesn't back up, um, he may do, but he just takes that extra bit of responsibility and the Tigers' defence is um, wafer thin this year. So that's a pretty good call. This segment is courtesy of Swish. They've sponsored this segment. They are changing the way fans interact with their favorite athletes. Swish has given the fans the opportunity to get a personalized video message from a sports star. There's over 100 NRL players, including everyone's favorite, Nathan Cleary, uh, Tommy Turbo, James Tedesco, and others. It's an absolutely awesome gift for anyone who loves their supercoach or their rugby league. It's really easy. Just jump on heyswish.com and you can just pick your favorite athlete, send your instructions through for the video, and Swish takes care of the rest. At least 20% of the proceeds from every video gets donated to children's charities. And you can also, courtesy of Swish, get a discount. Uh, if you use the promo code CHAMP, C-H-A-M-P, you'll get 10% off on any order. Make sure you check it out at Swish on all the socials or at heyswish.com. So now that we've tackled the Swish predictions for the week, we're going to change it up a bit. Obviously, there's no team list or anything like that. And I thought with such a distinguished guest, we could play a little bit of a game. So let's have a crack at it. All right, it's ominous, but it's actually not that scary. We're going to play NRL Supercoach Fantasy Feud, a bit of a spoof of Family Feud. It's a bit of an older game. It's not been on TV for a while, but I know both of you are old enough to know what we're doing here. Yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> I do know who Bert Newton is, yes. Real simple. So... Before, as preparation, I did send out a bit of a Supercoach survey, really stoked with all the replies. We got over 500 people respond, so they are forming the basis of these answers here. So number of questions, basically, I'm going to ask them, and you guys are going to buzz in. So let's just say for your buzzer, you can just shout out your name. Whoever buzzes in first has to guess, and you basically have to guess what the NRL Supercoach fans and our listeners are picking for the answer. So you'll get points for your answer, and there's six that you need to guess. You get three strikes to try guess all six. If you don't get it, uh, the person who missed out uh, gets one shot at stealing all your points. So pretty simple, and we're going to have a crack at it. Obviously a bit of something, bit something different, a bit new, but uh, we'll see how it goes. I think it's going to be a bit of fun. So do you guys want to test out your buzzers, make sure they work? Yeah, Sanks is Paradise. Uh, Surge Busters. I think Sanks is Paradise, a bit long. Do you want to just shorten it a bit for yourself, just so you don't have to shout out so much? Paradise. Paradise. (laughs) 
All right. So first question, who was the first player picked in your 2021 team? Serge Busses. All right, Joe, you're up first. Have to be Nathan Cleary. Spot on. That is the most popular answer. Nathan Cleary polled uh, 64% of all the answers. And it's just, I mean, anyone who listened to us absolutely should have been picking Nathan Cleary first picked. So hopefully that's why our listeners have picked that. All right. So do you want to play or do you want to pass? No, I'll, uh, I'll put the pressure on old paradise over there. Let him have a crack. <laughs> All right. You're going you're gonna to pass and, and let Tommy over there try, try play. So, Tommy, you've got to basically guess the other five names. Oh, of geez. Okay. Who the people would have first picked. You got three chances to get it wrong. Okay, so the other five, I'd go with Dane Laurie. Dane Laurie was a good pick, but actually not on the list. Not, oh. That's your first strike. Man, wasn't he basically the most popular player to start the season? But this is the first player picked in your team. Okay, I'll go with uh, James Tedesco. That is a great choice. He was the second most popular, and he had 20 20- Two percent of the votes. You've still got four more, and these are the less popular ones. So this is going to get Ooh, harder for you. It's going to get tough. Okay, um, Joseph Sawali. I know was really popular at the start. Again, not a bad pick, but remember, this is the first pick, so that's the second strike for you. You got one more chance to be able to pick the rest of these. Oh, like the dragon's middle defense is crumbling. Oh, mate, this is this is tough. So it's like a it's a popularity contest, not a knowledge contest. I think that um, Tino was Tino was incredibly popular, but I don't think people would be owning up to him being one of their first players picked. But I'll go with him. Again, great pick, and I think this is the curse for yourself, where you you obviously do a lot of the content in the preseason. You're probably talking about these guys so much, but unfortunately, not on the top. So no one's basically no one's owning up to their poor picks in this popularity contest. I just I think you're underestimating what people do when they first open up their team. Um, so that's it. You've had three strikes. That's you out. So, oh. Joe, you get to steal the points. you got four answers here that you can get, but you only get one chance. I'm pretty sure that he was uh, awarded the goal-kicking tee early enough in preseason that Ryan Pappenhausen would have been one of the first players picked. And you would be spot on. That is a great answer. Actually, the third most popular answer, but he only pulled 7% of the votes, which is insane. But combined between the two of you, you managed to pick the top three, and that gives you 93 points, Joe. So that's a great start for you. Tommy, you missed out on that one. Um, Just for interest, the last three answers, Angus Crichton, David Fafita, and Damien Cook. And combined, they only made up 4% of the votes. So it really was Nathan Cleary's world. So... Not bad. All right, that you, you guys have started off all right, and that is the first question down. So the second question, you guys ready? Yeah. Yep. Who was the highest owned player in round one? Paradise. Tom, you're up. Dane Laurie. Dane Laurie. That is a great guess. <sighs> and he is third on the list there. So that gives you 20%. So that's 20 points for you. So you get to pick, do you want to play or pass? I'll play. Ooh. All right. He's confident. He's confident. Nathan Cleary. He is second on the list with 26. So that's two down, four to go. Still got three strikes. And Tedesco. 
Tedesco is another great shout. He was fourth most popular with 9% of the votes. So you got three more players to get. Still got three strikes. Um, Suwali. Suwali is a pretty good guess, and I, I can understand your reasoning, but he's not on there. So oh, that is a big no for Suwali. That's one strike down. Um, Two more to go. Remember, this is where you do need to think a bit more like what you did before. Highest owned players in round one. Tino. Tino is the sixth most popular answer there. 4% of the votes. You got two more, two strikes in hand. And I'll go with Charlie Staines. Oh, bugger. That was my one. <laughs> I can't believe it took me so long to get there. He was the highest owned. <laughs> I was surprised. He was absolutely the highest owned player in terms of votes. He was 30% of the votes. All right. One more player to go. One more. Jeez. I'll go with... Um... You're testing my memory here, guys, but I'll go with Stefano Otakamani. It's a really good guess. I'm surprised he's not on the list, but he's not. So that's your second strike. You got one last guess. This is the fifth most popular. Uh, Bailey Simonson. Oh, look, it's a good guess, but unfortunately he's not on there. So that's your third strike. Oh, man. Tough school, this one. Yo, you get one chance to steal this. All right. Uh, I'm going to say Jaden Braley. It's a good – actually, no, that's a pretty crap guess. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Think about round one. It's got a round bird, Newton. Christ. <laughs> I'm not good, Newton. Look, it was a good guess, but unfortunately you've missed on that one. So Sangster, you get 89 points for that. So you've almost ran the board. You had five out of six. Yes. You guys are going to kick yourself when I tell you who, who you missed. Jordan Ricky. Oh, wow. I remember, uh, I remember that yeah. guy. Yeah, everyone knew if you want starting edge back row, playing for the Broncos, expect to get 80 minutes. So, yeah, everyone had him. Surprisingly, the highest owned was actually Dane Laurie. He had about 54% ownership in round one but he was only third on the poll so it's a tough game because you got to guess who the who the punters are going to go for it's not just being accurate on who actually was the most highly owned fair enough let's go my competitive juices are flowing all right so quick score update joe you're on 93 and tom you're on 89 so really close so far Oh, tight, tight yeah the competitive juices are definitely flowing here <laughs> okay as well. so next question what round will you run out of trades? Surge buses. Joe, you're up. What round do you guess? I will say round 21. You would be right. It is only the sixth most popular answer there, though, with 12% of the vote, but it's a start. All right. So, I'll play. I will. Oh, look, I'll, I'll play because I haven't played yet. All right. The board is yours. you got five more to get, and you got obviously three strikes intact. Uh, so round 20. Round 20 is correct. That's the fifth most popular answer. Wow, that's the fifth most popular. I, I, see, I've got to factor in how many head-to-head -head players might have answered, which is which is very much the wild card, which would push it back. I'll give round 22 a crack. Round 22 is the most popular answer with 20% of the vote. That's a great guess. All right. If you're a bit more like me, you might run out in round 19. It's not on the list. Mm -hmm. So I reckon there's a lot of liars on the survey, honestly. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's your first strike. Okay. Uh, so then I guess I'll go the other way with uh, 23. 
23 is the second most popular answer with 18% of the vote. All right. Two more. Two straight. 24 then. 24 is the fourth most popular with 13% of the vote. All right. So with the third most, there's no way people are still having trades in round 25. They're filthy liars, you listeners who answered that, if that is true. Uh, so I'll say round 18. Round 18 is incorrect, which means you have one last guess. Uh, it's got to be round 25 then. And that is the third most popular answer with 16. So it's insane. I can't believe how many people put round 25. So there's either a lot of dead players or just, as you say, filthy liars. <laughs> answering, yeah, answering that survey does not actually give you extra trades, guys. Come on, honesty. <laughs> um uh, Tom, where are you looking at running out of trades uh, around about what round? Oh, look, I'm, I'm going to have eight less left after this round, so it's looking pretty grim. In ter- I'll be happy with that in past seasons, but this year it really is a season where I think you can make up ground when players are rested and there's concussions and whatever drama happens in the last few rounds. I think I'm pretty thin. Uh, I'm looking at potentially saving one or two this week just so I have a few up my sleeve for the inevitable drama that happens in the last few weeks. Oh, for sure. And people are definitely forgetting that, you know, in the final weeks of the seasons when a lot of uh, a lot of injuries catch up uh, to players. And, you know, if you're in a side that's not in with a shout uh, of, the bottom, of the top eight, uh, a lot of people shut down star players, you know, if they've got kind of a three-week injury and there's five weeks to go or four weeks to go, they don't play them again as well. So, yeah, it is the kind of year that if you don't have a, a couple of trades up your sleeve kind of late in the year, you could end up with kind of three, four million dollars uh, worth of talent on the pine. So, Tom, are you saying for, for right now you've got about 12 trades left? Yeah, I'll have eight. Well, with my trades this week, and that's I've done five so far, I've got eight left. And not sure if I'll lock in all five of those. I might just go with the four and leave a couple up the sleeve for the inevitable shenanigans that happen later on. Yeah, I think that's smart. I'm, I'm pushing really hard for round 17, which we'll obviously go into a little bit later in the podcast, but I will be really short like yourself. So it's going to be interesting times, that's for sure. All right, let's jump straight back into this game. And we are up to the fourth question. So, Joe, congratulations for running the board on that one. All six answers and that scored you 91 points. Now, the next question is looking ahead to 2022. Who will be your first player picked in 2022? Yes, I'll jump in, Surge Busters. I'd say given the timing of the survey, I'd have to say Tommy Turbo. He is the second most popular answer with 30% of the votes. So, Joe, do you want to play or pass? I'm definitely going to pass because I've realised the listeners are filthy liars, so I've got no way to predict (laughs) what they're going to answer. (laughs) Right, I think that's a smart move. It's a very shrewd one. So, Tommy, you're up. You've got five others to guess. You've got three strikes to go. Oh, this is is a tough one, I have to say. I think Cleary would be up there. Nathan Cleary, most popular answer with fifty-seven percent of the vote. So, yeah, nice. Um, I'll just I'll just go through the guns then. David Fafita next. Unfortunately, no, not on the list there. No. So he is. I was surprised too. Honestly, he didn't make the top six, but no, not on there. So that's your first strike. Um, next up, I think a guy who is going to be underpriced next year 
and could potentially really come back into Supercoach prominence is James Tedesco, given how many injuries they've had um, and how much he's had to take on there. So I'm, I'm going to lock in Tedesco. That's a good guess. Here's the fourth most popular answer. Only made up 3% of the vote. Wow. So it sounds- between Cleary and Turbo, that's already 80%, 87%. So it, it's, it's pretty tough guessing the rest of them. I'll have I'll be honest there. Look, and that, Three more, two strikes in hand. Another guy who probably will be a bit underpriced because of injury, Harry Grant. It's a great guess. He's the third most popular, also with 3% of the vote. So that sees you at two more to get two. with two strikes in hand. Oh, wow. I'm just trying to think. Pappenhausen, look, I'm thinking Pappenhausen, but I reckon he'll be very expensive. Kalen Pong is going to be quite cheap next year, so I reckon I'll lock him in. Look, I think it's a, it was a solid guess, but unfortunately, no, he is not there. So you've got one strike left, two more answers to guess at. Oh, how about Nico Hines at his new club? And that's a big fat no. Unfortunately, uh, Nico Hines not on the list. I think it's interesting, right? You've got to try getting ahead of the... The punters, but no, no love for Nico. So two answers left, Joe. You've got one chance to steal. All right. Um, do I dare think Broncos fans are so delusional that they'll pick Adam Reynolds, or I think they might go with? How about Sam Walker? Sam Walker is a fantastic guess. He was the sixth most popular and still only managed one percent of the vote. So you've snuck him in there. All right, and so that gives you... You pro- probably need a calculator to work out how much I won by, mate. It's okay. Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. There is one last question. Okay. And that question is worth double points. So, Tommy, you're still in with a chance here. Oh, what's the score? What are we looking at? I'm getting hammered. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think you're still in with the shot. The score is 278 to 89. Oh, mate, it's just because Joe knows how to play the game. But Who, Who's wearing the black sports jacket now, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, this one is worth double points. So if you run the board, you'll potentially win this one. All right, are you ready? Yep, yep let's do it. All right, which player is on your never again list? Serge Busters. All right, Joe. Ryan Madison. Ryan Madison. Is a good guess. It is the sixth most popular guess only, though, with 3% of the vote. Wow. So the question is, do you pass or do you play? I 100% pass. <laughs> I feel like I've done all the hard work here. You just had to guess like a couple of rounds and there was only about, <laughs> about 60. <laughs> hey, I didn't make the survey, mate. I just don't, don't hate the player. Don't hate the player. Exactly. To, to be fair to Joe, like he's played this perfectly. He's making you do all the work, as you said, Tom. Oh, but he's managed man. to nail the steals every time, and that's they've been very, very good guesses. So uh, I've got to give Joe a bit of credit there. But, Tommy, you're up. Five more names to guess on the Never Again list. On the Never Again list. you got to remember, this is not your Never Again list, although that's probably a good place to start. Look, I'm going to go... People still remember Bryce Cartwright. Is he, is he still fresh in people's minds? Yeah, I might go with Bryce Cartwright first. Well, is, is it for this season? I think it's probably important to clarify. Do you mean like players because of their performance this season? Was that how it was framed? The question literally is which player is, your, is on your never again list? Okay. Yeah, you're going to have to have a putt on this one. Hmm. Takiyaho. 
is a great guess. That is the fifth most popular answer with just 5% of the vote. How about to be the panga? Pretty topical. I'm really shocked. No, he's not on there. I think he's performed way too well this year for people to ignore him. Yeah, I thought that with the um, suspension, then maybe people would be um, have that fresh in their minds. I could see the rationale there, but unfortunately not on the list. So that's one of your three strikes down. Four names to go, two more strikes in hand. David Nofalima. Wow, that's a that's a bold call. I'm surprised you went that direction. But no, no, Nofo's nowhere near this list. Nofo's not on there. No, not even close. Pressure's on. Jeez. Come on, there's a really obvious one you're missing here. Charlie Staines. Absolutely. Second most popular name there with 28% of the vote. The Forbes Fiat. <laughs> Forbes Fiat. <laughs> oh, gosh. And then, oh, what else am I looking at here? Maybe think about who you normally recommend as trade-ins and who you cop flack for all of the time. <laughs> Mate, I've cop so much flack. I can't even, can't even keep track. Hell? <laughs> oh. uh, I've, got a, I've got a good one. Jermaine Osaka. Uh, that is a really good one, but it's not on the list. Big shock there. But no, no Jermaine Osaka. So that is your third strike. That is you struck out there. Joe, you got three names left. To have a guess at. Oh, the pressure's on. Uh, okay, so on the never again list, it was about a week ago the survey was done. So I think people are pretty topical um, in terms of how they um, how they pick their players um, for stuff like this. So in terms of people who, hmm, I think relative to performance, I think enough people were burnt by Tino. That they'll uh, that they'll say Tino's on the never again list. Oh, that's I'm surprised you went there. Honestly, Tino's not on the list. Ooh. and you're going to kick yourselves when you hear some of these names here, especially you. Firstly, Joe Bradman Best. Oh, f that guy. He <laughs> <laughs> can go jump. There you go. I'm surprised you didn't go that way. But look, I bought him in about 45 minutes before they announced that he was out for three to eight weeks, and then I've held him ever since. I've still got him in my bloody side. Yep, 7% of the vote. So similarly to you, a lot of people are frustrated at, at Bradman. The next most popular is Matt Moylan at 10% of the vote. Uh, that's quality guess, yep. And you're going to kick yourself, Tommy, when you hear this one. The most popular player, or maybe unpopular, Anthony Milford with 29% of the vote. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm surprised oh, you did that one, honestly. Oh, I should have. I should have. On a podcast with you, I should have thought about Milford first thing. Hindsight's 2020, though, which I think is about the margin in this game, Wilf. 278 points, Joe, for yourself and only 89 for Tom. So. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm blaming gamesmanship for that. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll take any win any, any, anyway, mate. Good fun, guys, and, and thanks for being good sport there, Tommy. I know I sprung this on you and it showed, but honestly, Joe didn't know either. <laughs> but good fun. But look, no, let's, fun. let's actually talk some super coach. We didn't get on here just to make fun of you. Uh, so let's look at some of the pressing issues for the upcoming round. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. Alrighty, guys. So uh, it's mega trade week. Uh, we've got the week off from Super Coach per se with Origin uh, on Sunday. 
but we've that gives us even more time than usual to uh, to play around with options on what the hell we're going to do with our sides. I guess maximising the value um, because there's plenty of uh, surgery we can do to our teams is going to be the topic of, uh, of the discussion at the moment. Will you're getting pretty low on trades, just like me. What's kind of the the, the headline uh, for your ins and outs in terms of how you're approaching this week? So for me, I've got twelve trades left. And I, I'm being very much swayed by the fact that I'm ranked in the 20,000s. So I'm foolishly going hard at round 17 because I think the smart move is to not go hard at round 17 because there's a lot of players in there that you don't really want for the rest of the season. But I'm going to have to run that gauntlet because I need to try and make up, you know, hopefully a couple hundred points. So I'm going to burn all five of my trades this week to have seven left. The only reason I'm thinking I can afford to do that is because I already still have the likes of David Fafita, Angus Crichton, you know, Nathan Cleary held him. Uh, I've got Brian Tor. I've held most of my origin guys. And yeah, like in terms of getting to my final team after this period, I think you know, the five trades I make this week, I'm going to bring in some what I see as round 17 keepers. That is guys who play round 17 and also be you know suitable to hold for the rest of the season. So first trade of my list is pretty simple. I'm going to go Mitch Barnett to Tohu Harris. You know, he's a dead set gun. I wish I had him earlier in the season instead of buying Payne Haas, but that's a mistake I've had to live with. But Tohu's straight into my team, no questions asked there. He's a fantastic price at the moment. There's no doubt he's going to perform really well as probably one of the top three second rollers. Payne Haas being a poor man's Christian Welsh this year uh, for Supercoach, mate, do you think he's a he's a keeper for the run home? He's a keeper for me uh, because I've already got him. But look... Uh, if I didn't have him at $470,700, I'd find that really hard to resist Payne Haas even this week or like, you know, straight after in round 18 or 19. Even though he seems to, he comes out firing and he scores really well. And at half, at half time, he's usually on like 45 and he's played the full 40. And then he plays like 15 minutes in the last, in the second half of the game and, and ends up in that 55 to 65 range, which is always very frustrating. I just think maybe if the Broncos can hang in with, one or two of those games in the, in the run home, you can pump out some pretty nice base points and you just cross your fingers for a lucky try at some point as well. But you know, front row forward such a tough position at that price tag. Like I think he's, he's fantastic value and I think he's going to be one of the strong performers for the run home. That's just a gut, gut call though. Yeah, so Tohu's obviously one of the most obvious options for the round given he plays the bye week and he's a genuine keeper in the second row. That's obviously an expensive buy, though, although 585 is not too bad. Um, are you looking at nuffs um, to play, you know, the one buy week and then disappear? Or do you think, given how long the season is and the lack of trades, kind of trying to nuff out in that way like we have in previous years is is a bad idea? Yeah, I think it is a little bit of a bad idea. Just it, it does depend whether you already have some nuffs. Like, you know, I started the season with Suali and Ben Turbo, so... I mean, Suwali's making a bit of coin and actually might come, come to a, a value where he's worth trading out later. So I might do that after round 17. He might become Val Holmes for me post-origin. And I've also got mm-hmm. Ben Turbo, and he does seem like he could end up just being stuck at base price. I'm crossing my fingers and hoping once the likes of Curtis Siren and Josh Schuster and obviously Jake Turbo and Josh Elloway, when they're, when they're all back from injury slash um, origin duty, I'm hoping that Ben drops out, so I'll still have him as a bit of a nuff there to use. But like, I'm not going to actively try nuff out. I think if you can possibly get some points for round 17 and maybe even just have 
a little bit of depth there. So whether you're looking at you know the likes of Matt Tomoko from the Raiders in the center wing, if he's hold, holding a spot ahead of Croker or Chris or whatever, and you know, obviously we don't know what round 16 team list is going to look like at the moment, but if he's there, I think I'm more minded to, to actually take the pun on him, maybe holding his spot. He's shown a decent base so far, and worst case scenario, he's my sixth or seventh center wing, and if I'm struck by injury or suspension crisis, I can still roll him out and hopefully get 25, 30 points at a pinch. So I think that's the way I'm leaning where possible. Interesting. And, and Tom, what are your thoughts with enough strategy, mate? Um, obviously, a lot of people started with Ben Trebojevich. Um, given how important the loophole's been with the inflated scores this season, having someone like him on, on the bench is almost a kind of a, a VC loophole hole killer. Hard enough someone that you're going to try and avoid this year unless it's like a Jared Anderson who I don't think plays rugby league anymore. Yeah, exactly. For, for me, nuffs are for after the origin period. That's when you start thinking about them. Um, I have seen that Tane Milne is relatively popular this week. So he's around the, about the 15th most popular purchase. And he does have potential to play the next buy round and then nuff out. But it depends on a lot of factors. You've got, you know, Gagai and Latrell playing Origin. You've got Mansell not getting names. You've got um, Jackson Paulo potentially coming back into that team. So he is the sort of guy who could nuff out, but there's so much water to go under the bridge before we even know. I agree with Wilf, though, that Tomoko is by far the best cheapie of the week. And I'll be running with him ahead of enough, uh, without a doubt. And so I guess there's a lot of people that went in on Greg Marju as well. He might be injured at the moment, but you know there was a hope that he might hold his spot for long enough to to gain some coin. But is he the kind of guy that you look to move on as well? Obviously, doesn't play the last bye week, hasn't earned that much money. But I mean, you've got to generate money somehow, right? He's earned roughly ninety thousand. 95 in a week so it's not too bad don't don't get too harsh on him but i mean i would probably just be waiting and use him as a post-origin trade out if he's not playing round 16 or if he's not playing round 18 rather than you know cutting bait with him already okay yeah no that is interesting so so tohu harris the obvious gun to bring in um tom are there any other players that you think are a bona fide kind of top 17 18 19 players that play that final buy round yeah it's tough because there aren't too many that's for sure tohu's well ahead on that list I'm not that keen on Ruben Garrick. He's the second most purchased player this week. I just can't see him keeping up what he's doing, and he's so expensive at the moment. Cody Walker, is a, if you don't own Cody Walker already, I think he is a keeper till the end of the year. But other than that, it's relatively thin. I think that Marty Tapau is probably one of the, I'd say the pod of the week. I think that he's the sort of guy who could realistically end up as a top 17 player for the rest of the year, yet he's only owned by about 6% and he's only the 12th most purchased player this week. So I think I think he's under the radar and obviously Sean Johnson is popular as well. He's probably a guy that you can play in your top 17 for the rest of the year. Yeah, Adam Fanua Blake is less owned than Marty Tapau, but is, uh, is the ninth most popular uh, trade-in for the week is 
He's a hundred and I think twenty k uh, cheaper than Tapao. Do you see him as a as a as a better option? I just want to see a bit more from him first. Obviously, very injury interrupted year. I want to see what he does this week. I think is the main thing, and he could be a really good purchase for next round. But I'm not going to use one of my five trades on him this round. Yeah, it, it just seems that front row forward, or at least the front row exclusive players, it's a bit of a wasteland. The the top scoring people are your dual position players like Pangai and Papali and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if people try and fade as many, you know, genuine front rowers as they can given the pace of the game on on how things are. Will Tohu, Tohu Harris is your, is your big in, Tomoko's a maybe, who else is on the radar? So this is where I'm planning ahead to look at round 17 and because we only get two trades for the following round and that is the obviously the round where you know, half, half, the, half the NRL is on the bye and Origin players will be out. So... I've actually penciled in Daniel Tupo as one of my two trades, and most likely the other trade will just be someone who's named to play around 17 as a downgrade option to enough out, free up coin. So I've pretty much penciled in my trades. And the reason is I've got Tupo in because, firstly, I don't want him against the Storm this week, but I also want him for the run home, and I want him against the Bulldogs in round 17. And he's also got a high break even. So to me, he's like the perfect round 17 trade. Plus, if there was an injury to Toro in game two or round 16 or injury to the Fox, I, I kind of feel Tupo could be the next man up and straight in there. So I get there's so many reasons I'm just going to dodge all of the uncertainty instead of getting him in straight away. So for me, I've already penciled in those trades. So I've got to take a bit more risk and work out well, what am I doing around 16? I, I am pretty keen on Fanua Blake. I need someone potentially to cover Pangai while he's suspended and in fact, I'm 50-50 in whether I just go Pango to Fanua Blake and free up about 120, 130,000 um, to be able to use elsewhere. I get that. I'd love to be able to see more, but I just don't think I'm going to have the opportunity to. And with him just immediately getting decent minutes straight up, I mean, at that price, even if he just gives me a 55 average for the rest of the season, I just don't think I'm losing out too much. And you could, I guess you could plug in Takeaho as the other name, just similar situation. I think maybe 30 grand cheaper than Fanua Blake. There's a bit more injury risk there, arguably, given how much time he's missed. And there's always the, the potential mid-game resting when, if or when the Roosters up by a fair bit and maybe he's played big minute game the previous week and then he all of a sudden just plays 30 minutes in another week. So that's why I'm not as keen on uh, Takeo and I'd lean Fanua Blake over him. But yeah, I, I'm feeling I, I need to have one of those guys as one of my five trades this week. I um, I love the Cody Walker and Sean Johnson shouts there from Tom. I grabbed Cody last week and I'm looking at, depending on whether Josh Schuster's named, if he's not named this week, I think I'm just going to go Schuster to SJ up against the Broncos for starters and <laughs> enough said on that one. And then obviously he gets to play his old club in round 17. So he's always up for a good revenge game. I like SJ's dual position status as well. And I just think, we saw last year, he, he just became a really consistent player. And even though we haven't seen that much, that many games from him this year, like looking at his scores, he's already starting to put up that level of consistency where he's kicking the goals and then he gets, you know, just the one or two attacking stats and he's going to give you lots of 60, 70, 80s. And maybe you're hoping for the odd 90, 100 now and then when he goes off and has a good game. Yeah, SJ is definitely on the radar for me. I think he's the perfect kind of backup uh, five eighth to my Cody Walker or a Munster or I guess a Luai if, if uh, people held him from earlier in the year. But I've got to say, Will, you know, flawless logic in terms of you know how you outline the pros and cons of the different players. But but all I could hear, all I could think of, sorry, was just 
you must have half a team full of roosters. I know you've got Manu, Ikavalu, Walker, Crichton. You're talking about uh, bringing in Tupo as well. I don't. Did you you have Teddy as well? I don't. I saw Teddy, but I don't have Suwali. Yeah, and you had Suwali, um, and you had Tupanua for a while. <laughs> Victor Radley, of course. Um, Tom, just your thoughts. I mean, in in NFL fantasy, it's it's become you know vogue to stack players from the same side, but super coach, very different game. Is there such a thing as too many players from the one side? Oh, look, I mean, it depends on a lot of things. I think if you've got a lot of players from the Panthers this year, it's definitely not a bad thing. But from the Roosters, we're expecting a lot more from them. And it's it hasn't worked out for them with all the injuries and everything. So I wouldn't be going too hard on the Roosters, but I do really like Wolf's shout on Daniel Tupu. We did the podcast yesterday at I did with Wilson, and he was the 112th most popular player of the round. He's gone up to about 70-odd now. That's that's serious pod territory for a guy who's a proven super coach player, and he's got the base stats as well as the potential to score a lot of tries. And now you've made me go in in look how... uh how deep down the uh, the well he is, and I, I keep on scrolling. Actually, it's interesting that the, uh, the Roosters are actually, a lot of them are in quite pod territory. You know, most of the ones Wolf was talking about kind of under 10%. So that's interesting. I did think that they would be uh, much more highly owned and, and obviously playing round 17 is an added bonus. But like you said, I do wonder if they're just a bridge too far with the with the players that they're missing this season because it's probably not fair to judge, you know, how well they're going in a game against the Panthers because the Panthers are largely conquering everything uh, before them, but they really did look a, a good couple of notches um, below the Panthers um, when they played and, and really got outplayed. So I do wonder if there is a switch for uh, for Trent Robinson to, to flip to get them, you know, turned around, which does worry me with Teddy, for example, who is certainly on the chopping block for me uh, this week, taking advantage of the five trades to to work out a way to get Turbo back in. At 969k, Wilf, do you think, I mean, he is essentially a must, isn't he? He's got to be one of your two fullbacks for the run home. Yeah, look, I think in a, in a nutshell, yes. The question is whether you have to get him in this week against the Bulldogs. And as a non-Turbo owner, I will say if Ryan Pappenhausen is not named this week, I will trade him to Turbo just for that one round. And I'm mindful that I'm not going to have Turbo then for round 17. And I mean, I'm I'm 90% sure he won't play round 18 either with the 48-hour turnaround from game three to the uh, round 18 matchup for the Seagulls. So the, realistically, you might trade him in for one week and not have him for the next two after that. So that is potentially one reasoning to sit and suffer another week without Turbo because you don't have to think about him until round 19 potentially. So yeah, I think most likely if I don't if I don't have Ryan Pappenhausen this week, I'll be trading to Turbo because I need at least one gun fullback because yeah, the, the patience I've shown with Pappenhausen has just been too too long. And if he's missing this week, then he's also missing next week. And if I'm going to miss two weeks from a gun fullback, I'd rather just get Turbo first and then potentially get someone else in round 18 who does and he'll score enough that one week to make up for all of it, uh, I guess. So, yeah, look, I, I think he's a must. I, I sold him and, and I've done pretty well with Gutho, you know, over the, the origin period to date. But, yeah, definitely felt the sting of that 208 uh, in a lot of my head-to-heads on the other side of the aisle. Uh, so, Tom, talking about going down to I think it was eight trades potentially this week, 
you might want one or two more to give you a few more numbers for round 17. But what do you think are the, you know, once you do you need to have kind of three or four in your back pocket for the last few weeks, or are you thinking of just kind of getting your final team as quickly as possible and then just kind of gripping and grinning on the way home? Look, I think the final team strategy is a little bit outdated in Supercoach because there's so much going on with the concussions and the suspensions, etc. I think you need to be really reactive over those final few rounds. So I'll definitely be stashing some trades. I really want to have, from sort of 20 onwards, I want to have three trades that I can use just to react to whatever happens in front of us. So I'm not too worried about having a final team because all of, all of our teams have made so much money already this year with the new rules, etc. So many people have gone um, up in price, but money is not really a factor. I'm not that concerned about getting a solid 20 or so players and then nothing ever on out. I'm much more concerned about reacting to what happens under the crazy Volandis era. Oh, yeah, I think uh, uh, having a final 20 is absolutely suicide because, you know, one week later you might only have 15 or 14 on the park if uh, if you've got 20 kind of guns for the way home. I think it's almost a minimum of 23 and, and then I guess a lot of people are going to be stuck with the likes of, uh, you know, Ben Trebojevic and, and guys like that. But, yeah, you definitely need depth for the run home and that final kind of 20 is probably outdated to your point just given the, uh, the churn that's happening in the new world era of the NRL. Um, Will, your kind of thoughts on what that, base level of trades for the run home you'll need it uh i just think this is dependent on whether you know how many of these origin guys that you want to get in after uh that you'll need to be trading in so i think if you're looking at if you're going down the list like i think it's pretty much agreed in second row david feeder angus Crichton, tohu harris seems to be the top three that i mean would would you dispute any of those as being the top three guys you probably want to have in your team for that position no i think that's about right tom no not at all so if you've traded any of them out over origin obviously you're going to need to take some time to get to get them back so then you look at you know, obviously halfback nathan cleary is a no-brainer so if you traded him out then you're going to need a trade to get him back or two if you can afford it uh then you look at center wing brian total val holmes both origin players the other couple is probably more up in the air i think I would suggest maybe Ruben Garrick is in that conversation. Tommy, you're not as keen on that. And, uh, I mean, that's fair play. I think this is the, the question between whether Ruben Garrick is good at, at playing rugby league and uh, and actually good player. I think maybe not. But is he good when Tommy Turbo passes him the ball and he can kick lots of goals? Then, I mean, a 94.1 average since Tommy's been in the team for the last eight games. And then 106 when he played fullback. Uh, against the Cowboys when Tommy was out of the team in round 14. That says to me, Ruben's probably, even if he doesn't match what he's priced at, I think he's going to average still looks like a 70 plus average. So yeah, maybe you don't get the 90 plus average that he's been pumping out the last couple of weeks. But even if it gives you a 70, 75, I think it's worth the money. As you said, Tom, we don't really need the money. Most of us have plenty. So it's just about getting those points in. So, you know, there's so many Oregon guys that you're going to have to get back. So if you traded out Tom, you got to get him back. If uh, if you want to get Pappenhausen when he's back fit, 
you know, that's another trade there. So I think that's the question you've got to ask in terms of how many trades you want to have at round 17, round 18, and then how many you can afford to have come the end of season. Because if you don't have a lot of these origin players, you're going to be spending round 18, 19, and 20 because you're going to get two trades per week. And unless you've got 1.5 million in the bank, you're not trading in double guns every week. So it's going to take you a couple of rounds just to get to those last few guys and have your strongest possible 17 on the park and then yeah i think but but i think wilf that that you know the difference between the and i'm just kind of numbers i'm pulling out of thin air but the difference between the fourth best you know second row forward and the seventh or eighth best might be five points a game the it's almost a luxury trade to me to to spend a trade when trades are so short and go five points down per week until, and then not have to run the risk of someone getting injured, and then have you know you having burnt a luxury trade, a healthy player for a healthy player, so that all that money is sitting on your pine. Um, there, that that's that reactive thing you were talking about, Tom. You know that I, I tend to think, bar very few standouts, that there is actually a little bit of depth in most positions in the game. What do you reckon? Yeah, the the position I'm really worried about is hooker actually, because there's not a great deal going on there. Brandon Smith is by far the form player in that position right now. Jaden Braley has gone totally off the boil, but obviously Brandon Smith is going to have Harry Grant come back into that team. I think that Harry Grant is going to end the season as the top averaging player in that position. So he's really he's really high on my list for sort of round 18 and 19. Then you've got Reed Marnie injured as well. Ben Hunt is the real smoky in that position. Hooker is the toughest position for me, but my plan for now is to do everything I can to get Harry Grant in by round 20 at the latest. Yeah, I mean, he is my favourite player to watch in the comp. He's, um, I think he's the closest thing stylistically to, to Wally Lewis, but just playing hooker in terms of the uh, way he reads the game and the time. But that being said, he's already on his third decent injury of the season. So I do wonder about his durability given, again, that lack of trade. You would definitely want to have a, a quality backup hooker. I think, and not kind of try and go cheap in the backup hooker position. I'm assuming Grant's a a focus for you too, Wolf? Yeah, definitely. And he'd be one of the guys I'd be looking at around round 20 or thereabouts. Just I don't think I could jump on straight away just off the injuries and all that's been going on because it seems like every one or two games he gets back and he's injured again for another couple. So, yeah, for me, I'm I'm happy to wait a little bit on that. It's not great because obviously I do have that Jaden Braley, Connor Watson combo there at the moment. So... Having said that, there's no one pressingly urgent to buy. Um, like, you know, Cook's not going that well. Brandon Smith is just too expensive, unfortunately, now. It, it would have been great to get him in for round 13 and just be riding this, this uh, hot streak of form. Which, yeah, again, I wish I took my own advice when I told a bunch of people to, to, to grab Brandon Smith back then, but uh, that's, that's my season anyway. But yeah, look, I, I totally get it. And I think I'm going to want to have at least two trades for round 24, 25. I mean, we saw last year mass wrestlings in the final round of round 20 for last year. And, you know, some teams played with like 14 or 13 for the final round because so many of the guns like your Cam Munsters, your Pappenhausens, those types were all given a, a week off. And you wonder you know, if, let's say, the Panthers are you know, one and two, like Panthers Storm are one and two. Maybe you see the likes of Nathan Cleary, Jerome Hughes, Cam Munster, Harry Grant, Ryan Pappenhausen, you know, Jerome Luai, Brian Tall, do they all get a break before the finals start? It could happen. And if that's the case, then I think 
a lot of teams are going to be scrambling. Well, I mean, it's the tr- it's been the trend in the NFL for years. We're seeing it becoming increasingly popular in the NBA, in the Premier League. Um, you know, I think that's very much a, a factor for the run home, particularly that last week. And I guess it does speak that little bit more to, to having kind of around your, your 23 playable guys um, as we go down the back. And, and if you still have one or two trades around 24, 25, Wilf, I think you're doing better than me. Well, it just would mean I would maybe make my last two trades in, say, round 18, 19, 20, and then sit on like three trades for the rest of the season until we get to the last couple of rounds, unless there's a season-ending injury to you know, a $700,000, $800,000 player, which I will just obviously trade out to keep getting points there. But judging by my trades now, I've got 12. I'm going to burn five and then two next week to go with that round 17 strategy I'm, I'm going with and just try and hang on. I, I probably would have around 22, 23 players and I'd only really be missing the likes of Val Holmes and maybe either Turbo or Pappenhausen, depending who, who plays round 16. And then Harry Grant, like everyone else in my team, I pretty much have already by round 17. So it would just be those last couple of moves there for me. Fair enough. Um, okay, guys, well, we've gone pretty deep, you know, into the detail of the ins and outs and, and the strategies of what to do, not only for the mega trade week, but moving forward. Uh, Wolf, can you give us the group comp update? Yeah. So again, courtesy of supercoachchampion.com, the group comp, we still have Robert, coach of Centurions up the top. He's sitting in third. It's just kind of crazy again. He scored 16.75 and managed to lose a rank. <laughs> and uh, We have a, a big jumper from Andrew, the coach of Eliminators, who scored 18.29 to rocket up to six overall. And we still got Justin, uh, who's in 17th. He's the coach of the drop kicks, so still floating about with the 16.55. So just an insane scoring week. But yeah, thank you again for Supercoach Champion. Uh, Premier Code Champ for 10% off and free shipping. And yeah, we'll keep posting updates on that group comp as we go this season. So that brings us to the end of this week. Uh, thank you so much for everyone for listening. As always, we want to give a shout out to the champions who are supporting us through Patreon. That's patreon.com slash supercoachchampions if you want to check out more on that one. Uh, as always, please let us know what we can do better. I'll leave a review and a rating on you know your podcast platform of choice. And as always, we'll come back with you next week. We are, Once we do have team lists, we'll be able to dive into the buy planning and everything a bit more as we prepare to use the five trades. And we've got another special guest, which we'll obviously you have to sit tight and find out who's going to be on next week's episode. Tommy, thank you again for jumping on. It's always a pleasure. Do you mind giving us a little bit of sneak peek on maybe is there any special news that you can un- unveil for next season? We had a big meeting about it today, actually. So it's all we're, we're getting the planning. We're really we're very ahead with the planning for next year. I can't reveal too much, but I, I can say that there are going to be some pretty significant rule changes to make up for the fact that there are new concussion rules, you know, the whole crackdown on high tackles, et cetera, et cetera. So there'll be some big changes around that. There are some enormous changes coming. I can't say too much, but I think I can confidently say that this there will be the biggest changes coming next season that we've seen since the start of Supercoach. You heard it here first. Isaiah Yo will be a centre wing second row no. jewel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't, don't let Rob Savlin near any of the positions for next year. I'm just hoping we've got Dan Laurie, the, the front row forward uh, fullback, oh, position yeah. again. Rob's fault yet again. <laughs> Uh, gotta love it gotta love it thanks tom uh always a pleasure mate i don't know what that other bulldog supporting joe's doing on the countdown show mate i might have to pop on uh at some stage later in the year to, to show him what's what 
No, it'd be great to have you on, and thanks for having me, guys. And as I've, as I said, I've been a uh, a listener for quite a while now. Thanks, mate. Definitely appreciate Catch it. Catch you guys. Catches.